Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with busy women who are simplifying their lives, living intentionally, and creating space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tammy Thomas, and this is episode eight. Before I introduce the show, I just have to share. Well, you can tell, I haven't been here. I've had a mini hiatus. I simply lost my editing mojo, but I have it back. Well, that's not quite true. I have missed podcasting so much, but I've had to get over myself and just get the job done. Not everyday excuses, babe. Sometimes just put in the graft and be consistent. I'm saying that rather flippantly. I had to sit down, write down my whys so that I could remember the reason I'm doing this is far more important than my nonchalance when it comes to editing. Anywho, confessional over. I am delighted to share this 360 conversation with Susie Ashworth. Susie Ashworth is a mindset and business coach. She's a mother of three, a keynote speaker, Hay House author, and a general business badass, soulful business badass. In this conversation, Susie and I talk about money mindset, we talk about jealousy, we talk about judgment. And the thing I love about Susie, or one of the many things I love about Susie, she doesn't skate around on the surface. We go in. Get your notepads out. This is a good one. Hi, guys. I'm back. Um, I am back with a person that I think is going to share some stuff that will change our lives. So before you continue listening, I urge you to get a notepad and a pen because I'm very, very sure you're going to want to take notes. Oh my God, pressure. (laughs) It's not pressure. It's not pressure at all. You can handle it. Um, So yeah, you heard her voice. Some of you may recognize her, but just in case you didn't, I am just about to embark on a beautiful conversation with Susie Ashworth. Hooray! Hi, Susie. Hi, lovely. I like, I am now feeling the pressure. I'm like, I need to deliver. I've got a drum roll. I'm like (laughs) going to be talking life-changing content. I'm like, right, okay, get my shit together. You are going to, do you you know what? Sometimes we do hype things up and then we put pressure and that's not what I meant to do. But Susie, you're a badass. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So before I continue gushing and making things even more pressureful, I think I've just made up a word, pressureful. (laughs) Could you please, for those of us that aren't familiar, tell us your name and a bit about what you do. Yeah, so my name is Susie Ashworth. I am a mindset and messaging mentor, and I primarily work with female entrepreneurs who have a vision, who want to make a big impact in the world. And my own personal vision is to work with directly, indirectly, one million female entrepreneurs, helping them to step into economic freedom so that they can live a life of limitless experiences. It's, I just want there to be more joy, more fun, more love in the world. And doing that through our work and how we show up and serve people, I absolutely believe that you can serve and love and be happy and make a shitload of money doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're going. <laughs> I am feeling that. So tell us, prior to your current work, what did you do before that? What led you to this path? Yeah, so I was a waitress. <laughs> I worked in a lot of pizza restaurants. Mm. That's, that was really the start of working with people and realising that actually I really enjoyed meeting people. Um, um, but my kind of proper job was working in media. So I worked in media sales for 12 years. Okay. And I was at The Guardian News and Media for seven years before I handed my notice in and decided to do something that I felt was more meaningful. 
Wow. So what, because I first became aware of you because of the Calm Birth School. Yeah. So how did you go from working for a huge media organisation to supporting women to have calmer births? I So I left school at 16 with my GCSEs and there was I did start my A-levels and then dropped out. And so I had carried with me for many, many years that although I'd gone to a grammar school, I didn't consider myself to be academic. Mm-hmm. I hadn't gone to university and I, there was a real big thing for me about the fact that I didn't have any certification to um, validate my existence. So sales was really, really good for me. But in the back of my mind, I was always like, I need a certificate. I need a certificate. Once I've got a certificate, I will be a better human being. Yes. And so when I knew that I wanted to retrain and do something, you know, the, the um, brief was do something meaningful, but I didn't, other than that, I had no idea what it was going to be. I also wanted to get a certificate, but it be quite practical Mm -hmm. because I was still running the script that I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough. And years before a friend of mine who'd done hypnotherapy, she'd helped me give up smoking. And I thought it was kind of cool. Um, And then when I got pregnant with my first son, I was still in media. I was a control freak and I wanted to have my baby with as little intervention as possible Mm -hmm. and so I did a bit of research and I found out that hypnobirthing would be really helpful for that um, in me controlling the amount of pain that's why I went into it so when I decided I was going to retrain the universe presented me with a hypnotherapy and psychotherapy diploma that I could actually upgrade to get a PGCE um, and then um, and, and then something else after that. And I was really like, okay, this is it. This is a practical course, but it's going to give me a certificate mm-hmm. and I'm going to be able to help people um, um, feel better about their lives. So that was how... I went into it it was really it was like this is the way for me to get out get a certificate and do something meaningful yeah so that's how it started and do you feel like the work you're doing now is you know your purpose your calling absolutely I love that and the reason I asked you that question is because um I had a retreat on Sunday at mm. that retreat somebody asked somebody made a statement I guess about feeling like they're lacking purpose and when they spoke for me it felt like them feeling like they don't have a purpose was causing a bit of a cloud over their lives and um, I said why don't you do things that you enjoy and see Mm -hmm. what happens out of that and I hope that person is listening you know who yeah. you are because <laughs> I think that we put ourselves under a lot of pressure especially now we, we live in a world of social media and there's lots of conversations about purpose and we think mm. like it's this big massive thing that wallops you on the head and then mm. you know glitter falls down yeah, yeah yeah and so I really I really hope that she can take something from this um because you literally wanted something meaningful and followed that pathway which took you to where you are now so underpinning that is faith yes and whilst I would not have called it faith at the time I know now the more I explore myself personal development I you know work with my clients I have a better understanding of what faith is yeah and for me part of the work that I do when um, I'm helping people with their messaging is we unpick we look at their story we look at all of the steps that they have taken to get to this point and it's really we make a lot of judgments against ourselves when it comes to failure and trying things I ran the story I never finished anything oh my gosh I'm not good enough (laughs) I'm not bright enough I'm like these and that makes me an inadequate person and what I understand now is that I had to try I had to be the buffet girl 
And all of those little tasters here and there, they absolutely influence mm-hmm. everything I do, how I serve, how I'm able to support what I say. Everything counts. So I'm going to ask you something that I was saving for later on. So you talked about, um, you know, being the buffet girl and everything counts. Could you share with us some of the best mistakes that probably felt like the biggest load of poop at the time that you've made and how they benefit you now? Yeah, so, oh God, there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think leaving school, leaving school and not doing my A-levels, that felt like, it didn't feel like a mistake at the time, but I had a lot of shame um, and a lot of guilt around wasting opportunities um, um, for many years. But whilst my peers and friends were doing their A-levels and going to university, I was traveling the world and experiencing a whole different type of education. Mm. And through traveling the world, not only did I meet my best friends, the people that were bridesmaid at my wedding, but I got a real it's where I started, it's where I dove into what does personal development mean? How do I want to show up in the world? Who do I want to be as a person? Now, for sure, there are 150 million ways to get to Rome. And if I'd have gone to university, it would have just been a different path. Yeah. But leaving school at 16 was really powerful for who I am today and how I support people today and really that need to um, um, get the certifications. I need this extra training. I need this extra course. I need this to validate myself. I'm able to really hold the space for people Mm -hmm. and really see, actually, you don't need this certification because you've done this and this and this and this. Like That is really super powerful. I think that probably the biggest mistake that I talk about a little bit was... Um, not being there for my foster mother when she passed away because I couldn't deal with my own emotions. Mm. Seeing the person who had supported me from the age of three months old in uh, such a bad state and instead of being there to hold her hand and thank her and be grateful, it makes me feel emotional every time I, every time mm. I speak about this, but I wasn't there for her and that is something that of course I regret of course I regret but her passing and not being there was the catalyst for me again asking myself who do I want to be and how do I want to show up now for sure at 19 I made a huge I mean I made so many mistakes I was very promiscuous that's another big mistake I don't know how that has really benefited me <laughs> nowadays, but I think it's in the judgment thing. Yeah. Like I don't look at people and I'm not trying to pick them apart because I recognize that, you know, one of the messages is that I have is that you're enough. Yeah. You're good enough. Yeah. You are fully supported. Yeah. At that point in my life where I was sleeping around with Tom, Dick and Harry, I didn't feel enough. Yeah. I was looking for something. I was trying to prove something. I yeah. was, do you know what I mean? Totally. So all of those missteps mm-hmm. inform who I am as an adult, as a human being, as a mother, as a mentor, as a wife. And I'm proud of who I am becoming every day. Yeah. And without having those missteps and being able to understand how how I can use that knowledge, use the wisdom that um, um, that they have given me, I just, I, I wouldn't be the person I am. Yeah. And I like who I am. I'm a good, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm all right. I like You're who I am. You're all right. Without those mess ups, I wouldn't be who yeah. I am. So. so taking that to segue into a conversation about judgment and jealousy, I think they go quite well. Well, not quite well, but they do seem to go hand in hand. Yeah. And, you know, I heard 
Susie and Nicola, a life more inspired. Yes, I'm mentioning Nicola again. Um, (laughs) I heard them on Nicola's podcast talking about judgment and jealousy. And Susie said something that really was so interesting for me that I thought, right, I need to speak to her on, on my podcast. So before I delve into that question, how did you take yourself from a place where you could have judged yourself for your previous missteps. And I really do like that terminology, misstep, rather than a mistake. How did you move, how did you get to a point where you were actually able to look at that and not judge yourself on that? I think, this is an interesting question. So um, um, I think it's two things. I think that I did a lot of, I've done a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. I am an avid, I listen to lots of books on Audible. And so the type of information that I am putting into my brain all of the time is information that affirms that I am a good person and that good people, um, and bad things can happen to good people. And when we are acting out of alignment, when we feel that we are not connected to something bigger than ourselves, we act in ways that harm us rather than helping Mm. us. And that is part of, I really understand that's part of the human experience that we sign up for when we come into this world. And so uh, I've just learned that. I've learned that through the reading that I've done and the type of information that I am feeding myself all the time. And I often say to me, it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not. It's more helpful for me to believe that version of the truth mm. than to be berating myself or calling myself a, you know, calling myself names and talking in and you know, having toxic conversations with myself. Yeah. Is it going to help me to think that I'm bad and judge myself and guilt myself? Or is it going to help me to really acknowledge that the girl who I was needed love? The girl who I was didn't value herself. The girl who I was um, didn't feel completely supported in her growth. And I can look back at that girl and love her and have compassion for her. That's much more helpful Mm. for me. But how I did that was consciously choosing to feed my, nourish myself with stuff that uplifts, uplifts me. The other thing is just experience. You know, I'm coming up to 40 years old. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. And... Time changes you, doesn't it? It does, definitely, for sure. I think that whilst I wouldn't want to imply that you have to be of age to be knowledgeable, there are some experiences that only come through the passage of time, and that's it. And I think that also the way that we were brought up really fueled the narrative of judging yourself and being very judgmental and comparing yourself and all these things that aren't very helpful. Um, So I think it's really important that we hear things like that, especially when we consider how much we move in the digital world Mm. and how much we um, allow other people's lives and choices to influence us or provoke a reaction and not Mm. even checking in where that reaction is coming from. Mm. So thinking about showing up online There are lots of things that I see where people are commenting on or talking about experiences that people are showing us on social media. And I'll say that again, experiences that people are showing us on social (laughs) media. And we can become really, really judgmental about them. And on Nicola's podcast, you were talking about judgment and jealousy being something about people wanting what they're judging and jealous of yeah could you talk a bit about that I think that often not always but more frequently than what people would care to imagine is that they see something in their eye line and they 
desire that experience, what they're observing, what they think they're observing, they desire that for themselves. And often, not always, but often there are, we keep ourselves in a space of not yet. Now's not the right time for me. I don't have the skill set. I don't have the money. I don't have the network. I don't have, I don't have in this space of lack. And that lack breeds resentment. And rather than saying that I want that, I wonder what I need to do in order to step into that experience. We rubbish it. We try to diminish it or we try to diminish the person who we are observing. Oh, I don't need that. Oh, you know, you think you're all that because you're on holiday. You think you're all this. And it's like, actually, you have no idea what that person is thinking or feeling about themselves. And we have seen this time after time after time in the very recent um, um, past with people who look like they have it all, Mm -hmm. who were living the life, and then they're committing suicide. My goodness, yeah. You know, you do not know what that person is thinking or feeling. Mm -hmm. But that trigger that you are experiencing is usually a sign of something that you desire and a level of expansion that you are resisting stepping into because I honestly believe that we live in an abundant universe and that when you make the decision to step up into a new level of expansion that things happen you are supported weird shit synchronicity serendipity it happens to support you in that growth where we and I know I'm going on no please I'm just drinking it all in (laughs) I think where we get it twisted is that we get um um, the measure of success we think is um we are seeing that on somebody's Instagram feed and that's where I think that we are getting it wrong so yes you can have all of that stuff but that stuff isn't the stuff that brings you the joy so I say it a lot, money gives you freedom, but it doesn't give you life. Yes, I was saying just the other day, somebody was talking about money and what money can do for you and what do you think about money. And the first thing that came into my mind is space and access, because mm-hmm. we talk about, well, I talk about wellness and I talk about everyday joy and I make no bones about it. People say money isn't everything. Money doesn't give you happiness. If you can't pay your bills, if you can't meet your basic needs, you Mm. do not have the space to be joyful Mm. and cultivating wellness because Mm. you're stressed. The, 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 The mindset for surviving that in comparison to the mindset of thriving are very different things. And we need to let go of that. Like a lot, something that I'm hearing a lot about because of what I perceive to be people judging people Mm -hmm. who are getting opportunities and are being paid Mm -hmm. because of their social media, there's also the people who are real and talk about, you know, another aspect of real life because having a lifestyle or displaying a lifestyle where you get paid because you look aesthetically pleasing Mm -hmm. and attractive that is a version of reality reality doesn't have to be lack and struggle but because we're sold this story that reality is lack and struggle people use language very often that makes me very curious so people will say um oh this person is having another sponsored holiday this person who doesn't have this deserves that. Mm. I'm very curious as to why somebody thinks that somebody who has already had a holiday that they've paid for doesn't deserve a holiday that somebody else is willing to pay for because somebody Mm. who lives elsewhere doesn't have that opportunity. So this is, uh, this is a really, really good point. Me saying no to abundance does not give you more abundance. That's it. It's as simple as that, you know. And so for me, this is such an important point. When we live in a society where actually 
even the poorest people are richer than you know the, the, the poorest people outside of the UK yeah. you know that when we live in a, when we have access to a mobile phone in this digital age you have a mobile phone you can create a business yeah that is the world that we live in I think it is our responsibility to own our gifts and really see what is the thing, how am I supposed to be serving? How can I be of service today? And for sure, when it comes to business, when you... when you answer that question, use your phone, you will connect with people. And when you connect with people and you help people get to where they want to get to, you will be rewarded. Mm. It is our responsibility to really step into the abundance that we are lucky enough to be surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And then it's give and receive in my book, the give and receive cycle. Money becomes leverage. Yes. You know, and also when you're holding on tight and I'm saying this from my own real experience, when I'm holding on tight, that's such a contractive move. Mm. When I am I'm a naturally giving person, Mm -hmm. things in life made me not be so giving. Yeah. There is a direct correlation between me holding on and life being shit and me giving and being open and sharing and that openness means that I'm open to welcome things in preach so I just oh man I think it's really important that we have these conversations even if it makes you feel uncomfortable yeah because I think we really need to delve in and have a look at our shadows and yeah. own them instead of mm-hmm. pretending that we're sweetness and light and yeah. I'm going to support this thing or I'm going to follow this Instagram page because I'm a good person. Yeah. Wealth, money and all of that, it's, 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 it's not dirty. But the, the whole cycle of judgment, I, I said this on a podcast interview that I did uh, not too long ago. When I took time to slow down and listen to things that were teaching me about my about human experiences and I was able to relate them to myself and all of that I was able to see how me judging other people was a reflection of judging myself always I even made a joke with my friend I was dancing and I was really stiff and I said bloody hell my judgment is coming out in my moves Mm, because we hold that in our bodies so I, I think that it's re, just to reiterate, to reflect back what you just said, because I think that it's a really important point, that the judgment that we make to other people are the limitations and the boundaries that we confine ourselves by. Oh, that person's making money from a sponsored post. That means that the level of uncomfort, you then make the rule, the unconscious rule, that you can't take money for a sponsored post because the idea of somebody judging you in the way that you're judging that person makes you feel shit Susie I think a few people might feel exposed yeah including myself (laughs) just live and let live otherwise known as mind your own business yes (laughs) focus on stepping up in the biggest way that you can step up for yourself and let other people get on. They're living their path. They've got their own road to walk. You've got your own road. Like, how can I step up today? How can I be of service today? And you stepping up and you being of service isn't cutting other people down. Mm, for sure. Now, I, I want to talk about judgment and whatnot some more, but I'm just thinking we need to do something outside this. So I'm going to I'm going to move up on into. Well, actually, that was a nice segue into money. I want to talk to you about money. A lot of us are scared to talk about money. A lot of us are scared of money, um, and we've been brought up with these really just limiting stories about money and having access to money now when I looked at your website I bloody loved it because there is money all over the place money all over the place money, money. and quite often people think if you are trying to live 
a soulful life where you're being of service, where you are sprinkling kindness everywhere as much as you possibly can, where you're trying to be kind to yourself, where you are trying to almost be a role model um, to others about living a life that is meaningful, purposeful, soulful and Mm. all of that. Quite often people don't think that money goes hand in hand with that and yours is different and I like your mantra, faith and action equals miracles. Yeah. I believe that it is very difficult to have the faith to take the action to create the miracles when you're broke. Yeah, I think I definitely think that it's harder because you're having to deny your lived reality. Um, but again, what you're putting into your mind on a daily basis and the people that you're surrounding yourself by on a daily basis matters. Mm -hmm. So I have been in that position where, you know, my mum saving up money for the catalogue to, you know, pay for Christmas, where I've had to have school grants so I can play the instrument that I want to play. Or if I want to go on the school trip, the school have got to pay for it. And I've had the shame of being like, here's my letter, asking for the handout. You know, so I've really been there. And when I left school early, you know, when my friends left education, they're walking into 25 grand, 30 grand a year jobs. I'm waitressing in Pizza Hut. So I really understand coming from a place of not having abundance mm-hmm. not having an abundance of money anyway mm-hmm. there's abundance of loads of other things yeah i think that before the money comes mm-hmm. is the resetting of your mindset to appreciating an appreciation of all of the things that you are blessed with on a daily basis. And when you don't have a lot of cash, when you are worrying about paying the bills, the last thing that I would recommend for anybody to be doing is affirming, I'm a millionaire. Mm. I have, do, you, do you know what I mean? Because all you're doing is creating resistance. You're highlighting the fact that you are anything but a millionaire. But when you're able to go out and look at the sky and understand that you are the tiniest little dot in this whole universe, like this sky, the sky is infinite. Yeah. When you can look at that and be like, wow. Mm-hmm. When you're able to look at the trees in front of you and really start to tune into the fact that there are millions of different shades of green that I am staring at right now. And it's really that stepping into the idea that we live in an abundant universe. Mm -hmm. And that is the script that when I stopped seeing one-to-one clients for hypnotherapy and hypnobirthing and was trans transferring over to the calm birth school and we had no money like literally no money and mm-hmm. my husband was like what are you doing where are you? you know like all i was doing is focusing on where there was abundance yeah and really really appreciating that so that's the first bit the second bit is is that i was taking fucking action when it came to my business I she was taking it. Action. I wasn't waiting for it to drop into my lap. I wasn't moaning about the fact that somebody hadn't bought something yet. I was like out I was out there yeah. selling, creating, letting people know how I could help them. And I think that it's like when you've got no money, when was the last time you had a sales conversation? Yeah. When was the last time you pitched? And when was the last time you had a sales conversation with some with somebody about something that you love? Yeah. You know? And again, when you come to those conversations from a place of, I've got something that can help you. Yeah. I've got something that's going to help you transform your life. I've got something that's going to help you get to where you want to get to rather than, am I going to make this sale? I need the cash for that. When you're in that, I need this, 
you're in a space of lack. Yeah. And wherever we focus our attention, it expands. Yeah. So when you're in that space of lack, you're creating more lack. That's why when you've got no cash, just going out, looking at the sea, looking at the sky, looking at the trees, going out to the park, wherever it is and just noticing, we live in a universe of plenty. Like it's always creating yeah. more. Yeah. So it's, I know that people get their knickers in a twist around law of attraction and, you know, it can feel like just a little bit like a, li- a little woo-woo, um, I suppose, when I start talking about it in this way. But for me, as an individual, the people who resonate most with what I have to say understand that they are part of something bigger than themselves. Yes, and I think that if you don't believe that you are part of something bigger than yourself, then it's all on your shoulders. Yeah. And that is limiting because yeah. as an individual, you can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you believe that you are part of a wider tapestry and your mindset is looking for evidence of abundance everywhere that you look, and then you're taking action, mm-hmm. you're meeting the wider bigger thing halfway and that's how I have lived my life for for sure the last 20 years consciously wow and I have been wildly rewarded for that I love that and I am seeing evidence of that showing up in my life now that I'm in a space where I'm able to be open to that and, you know, whatever that saying is about the universe meeting you halfway. Mm-hmm. And the other way that I have witnessed that kind of thinking, it hasn't been how you described, but I really love that, is... Um, that thing where we play small because we're worried about people thinking that we think a lot too much of ourselves. Mm. And when I have thought about it in the context of, well, in, in the terms of 360, I really do believe that there are ways that we can practically have time for wellness every single day. Mm. And I really no, do you know what I just got sick of myself if I'm quite honest I got sick of myself worrying that somebody would think that I'm showing off or that I think I'm something um and I got sick of denying myself it's, it's like I was looking at myself living this wonderful life in a movie and I'm sitting down mm. in a really tatty cinema with no popcorn watching it yeah and I think what's really interesting about that is that there are so many people who are they, they, they are sitting on the sidelines think, waiting for something magical and yeah. mystical to happen. Yeah. You had to make a decision. I want this. I'm going to create it. And I genuinely believe that everything you see, we can only see things that we are um, a vibrational match to. And so when you see that person over there who you're judging on Instagram, The only reason that you're seeing it is because you're capable of stepping into that vibration if you want it. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to have it. Sparks, 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 sparks. You can step into it. So be mindful of who you are surrounding yourself by. Surround yourself by, with people who are stepping up, who are living their dreams, who are expanding, like where it's natural for them to say, how can I do that? How can I create that? Rather than being like, well, that's not fair. Why haven't I got that? You are surrounding yourself with people that are saying how, because those people will nourish you yes. and you will start to, that mindset is the mindset you will start to adopt that, you know, like I said, just reading books, yeah. reading books, listening to people tell me that I'm good enough. Yeah. I'm amazing. Yeah. Of course I can serve people, you know, and then obviously doing my own work implementation. You can read everything you like, but if you don't apply anything, then you'll, you may as well not have done the reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, looking at who you're surrounding yourself by and then choosing that for yourself. Yeah. You know, the stuff that lights you up, the stuff that you are aligned to, let go, release the stuff that is no, of no interest. And ask, what, what, what's going to make me happy? I think that, I think, oh gosh, wow. I think, yeah, if we, gosh, listen to me. <laughs> if we took 
more time. Okay, so I know for sure my patterns in my mind changed when I stopped talking about what I don't like and what I don't want and started talking about what I do want and what I do like and so oh my gosh my friend was overjoyed on our little whatsapp group I said oh my goodness so they were asking me about the retreat they were there I said for the first time ever I have got work that I enjoy I'm 41 Mm. I had my first job when I was 15 and a half. Mm. And I'm not even thinking all that time wasted. What Mm. I'm thinking is that this all led to that. And I want to make damn sure that my daughter, when she's old enough to step up and out of that school gate into the world, that she knows that she has the freedom and the ability to engage in work that she loves it's about knowing that you can choose and i think that too many people have either forgotten or never been told that they have a choice and when we start choosing a different way to live when we start choosing a different way to think when we start choosing who we are going to surround ourselves by what we're going to consume you can change everything oh absolutely absolutely you've talked um quite a bit about um You've talked quite a bit about books that you read and, and things that you listen to. Could you please share with us some of the books that you've read that have really assisted you in your personal development? So I say that my favourite book ever is um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. That book was revolutionary for me. Um, um, another book, Dying to Be Me by A Need Some More Journey, that gave me so much peace when thinking about death okay. and also how to live. Um, but that book is about a woman who uh, whose vital organs were shutting down. She was so close to dying. She had lived with cancer for many, many years. Um, she was taken to hospital because, yeah, her vital organs were shutting down and she ended up walking out of hospital cancer-free within three weeks after choosing to return to Earth and love herself. Wow. It's, a, it's such an amazing book. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody should read it. But it gave me so much comfort to think about my foster parents who have passed on and also this idea around being fully supported and me not having to take it all on my shoulders because I lived like that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, those two books are great. I frequently reread um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one of the first versions of that. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Um, my granddad had it and I, I've kept it. I'm going to read it properly. But yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, I love that. And the way that I read now, um, um, particularly so I have stuff on my Kindle and I also li- listen. If I really love it, then I'll have it on my Kindle and on my Audible. But you know, I will highlight my, I will read it really slowly, I'll highlight my audible, and then I will think, like I will not meditate, but I'm studying, what does this mean, how is it applying to me, yep. um, how can I make this work for me, because a lot of these old books, they're old, yes. and so it's like, how do I make that relevant for me today, yep. Yep. Um, but I take it slowly and I unpick yep. things, yep. Um, do you want some more? Go on, one more. Come on. Okay, let me just have a quick look. Um, um, There's a book, actually, not a famous one, but I really loved it. Um, Three Little Steps. I'm just trying to find... Oh, I'm going to give you two, actually. Three Little Steps by Trevor Blake. Um, um, And that's a story about a man who was inspired by his mother, um, who another cancer story, but she refused to die until she'd seen her youngest son get married. And um, she did. She was given like a year and she was like, no way. It's power of the mind over the body. Yeah. Um, I love that. And then the final one, it's very short, 
called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It um, by a guy called Kamal Ravikant. And he just it's he just shares simple strategies of how to show yourself more self-love. And I think that when it comes to the business and being in business and living a life that feels good, because I, I, I want to make it really clear. I absolutely believe you can be financially successful and surface successful um, um, without being loving, without coming from a place of service, without being kind, without being generous. You can definitely achieve yeah. that kind of surface layer of success. But for people who want to feel authentically yeah. successful and just living a life on purpose it becomes so much easier to show up in your business when you really love and value yourself. And it's much harder to show up when you are consistently doubting, um, doubting that you have the right to take up space and share your message in a powerful way. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you are a mindset coach, you organise retreats, um, you're calm birthing school, you're an author, you've done mm-hmm. TED Talks, you're, you're always on the go. Mm. I see you dancing on Instagram all the time. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, and you're a mum, you've got three children, yeah. you're a wife, you've got a dog, you run even when you don't want to. How do you do this? How do you make sure that you are fueling yourself in the ways that you need to, to do the things you do? I, it's interesting. So I was sharing today on Instagram that I was, I was running for the first time in a week and it felt really good to have done the run, even though it was hard. But the reason that it felt really good is because I had noticed just how easy it is for my mindset to drop mm. when I don't do things that nourish my soul. Everything feels harder. I am snappier. I am more grumpy. I'm not the person that I want to be unless I take time out for me. So, you know, me being selfish enables me to be a better mother, to be a better partner, to be a bit better boss to show up for my clients in a more powerful way and I do I know why it happens um uh, I feel that the people that work with me I I'm really conscious about I don't call it being selfish but I'm really conscious about like what's your connection time I know you're not showing up and doing the stuff that you said that you're going to do in the time that you said you're going to do it because you're not taking time for yourself yeah the the correlation is so clear to me so when I get like I can be like a bit on it when I feel that people are in victimhood or martyrdom I've got to do all of the things I can't I haven't got time for myself it's like you're sacrificing everything because comfortable because you're more comfortable playing the martyr than taking ownership of what you need and support you need in order to shine like don't bring that to me because i'm not interested we've already talked like i'm not that bad i mean i love it i am here for it i love it it's like don't i the the people who are attracted to me are people that know there's already a part of them that knows they are destined for amazing things yeah so choose not to operate in a space less than what you know you're supposed to be playing in it's as simple as that wow i think that yeah i think we're going to leave it there susie i could really go on and on and on but i think that last sentence we just all need to journal on that or something yeah man (laughs) yes Susie before we do go could you please tell people 
if you have anything coming up that they should be aware of, how they can join in? Yeah. Um, so at the end of the middle of October, I am going to be relaunching the Limitless Life Experience, which is my mindset and messaging program for women who uh, really they're ready to take it to the next level they want to create a business that helps them live a life of limitless experiences and that program is my baby um so yeah look out for that i've got a, an amazing master your message challenge coming up um and the start of October. So mm-hmm. if you come and find me over on Instagram, Susie underscore Ashworth, or come to my website, there's freebies on the site. Um, um, you will stay in the loop and hear when all of that is kicking off. It's going to be fun. Brilliant. I will make sure that I have links to Susie's Instagram and her website in um, the show notes so that you can access yeah. them easily. Susie, I don't even want to go and pick up my child from school. I just want to start journaling right now. (laughs) I really do. This has been an expansive conversation. I'm really grateful for your time. I'm definitely looking out for your things that are coming up in October. I'm proud to say that I'm coming to your retreat in May. I really, really can't wait. May can't come soon enough, but it can because, you know, I want to enjoy what I'm doing in between them, but I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the 360 podcast. We can continue the conversation on social media using the hashtags Live360 and Everyday Joy. I hope to see you on my social media channel. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. 360 Conversations is produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. I look forward to engaging with you next time.